Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Saturday Morning Practical Applications Call, where we gather and we discuss what we've learned and read throughout the week and how we can apply the lessons and the text to our daily lives. And in this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Josie for our morning centering prayer, and I believe she's going to treat us with Lesson 325. I just want to remind everyone, if you are not speaking, just to mute your phones. Josie? All things I think I see reflect ideas. This is Salvation's keynote. What I see reflects a process in my mind which starts with my idea of what I want. From there, the mind makes up an image of the thing the mind desires, judges valuable, and therefore seeks to find. These images are then projected outward, looked upon, esteemed as real, and guarded as one's own. From insane wishes, comes an insane world. From judgment comes a world condemned. And from forgiving thoughts, a gentle world comes forth with mercy for the Holy Son of God to offer him a kindly home where he can rest for a while before he journeys on and help his brothers walk ahead with him and find the way to heaven and to God. Our Father, your ideas reflect the truth and mine, apart from yours, but make up dreams. Let me behold what only yours reflect. For yours, and yours alone, establish truth. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks, Chelsea. All right. So who's got some miracles they want to share with regard to this lesson? Hi, this is Ida. Um, it's a miracle that I'm feeling a little better after I shared in the previous call of, I guess I would just have to call it fear of, in this case, the One World Order folks and their plans and schemes. Um, and... Uh, 
look forward to letting the rest of the fear go. And I'm sure that while we're doing this here, and I'm saying that fear, I am not the only one. I know that. Um, in the sense, the whole world, as we know, is ruled by fear. And so it gives me motivation and, and succor and encouragement to, to know that we are helping ourselves in this little group here, but we are also, in a sense, helping everybody. Thank you, and I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. You know, the, you, this is Carl. The, the, your last uh, part of your comment, Ida, is is uh, absolutely true. We're we're helping everyone. We're helping the world by holding to the truth, and uh, the truth is just so much more powerful than fear. Um, fear. You know, if you, if you look at the collective consciousness of the world, it's ruled by fear, obviously. But, and, you know, I don't know how many billions of people that includes, but there is a group that's not part of that. And from time to time, I'd like to think I'm not part of it. I'm not 100%, though, for, by any means. But... Uh, it is comforting to know that when we hold thoughts of truth, when we hold thoughts of love, when we accept and allow and let just let all things be as they are, that we're not contributing to the fear. Because fear adds, gives more power to fear. We are are actually helping to transcend it, and it doesn't need fifty percent of the world's population to do that. Because love and truth is so, so much more powerful than fear. So, it's thank you for saying that. I'm complete. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Ida. Reverend Rita, are you with us? I thought I heard you. Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? I had to lower the boom. <laughs> oh, well, you know what I was thinking? What's that? How about a prayer on this lesson, please? Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll close our eyes just for a few moments so we can still our minds, empty them of all we think we know, we come with completely open hands unto our Creator. We don't have the answers. We know this now. And we let go. All things I think I see reflect ideas. 
He tells me I am an idea in the mind of God and that I was created by love itself. That is who I am. And I can reflect who I am and the reality of all things by holding on to the ideas given me by my source. They are always loving. They are always unconditional. And they always bring peace. That's how I know they're real. And so I search for them always. In every moment, I let go of any idea that brings me any kind of pain, any kind of twinge of guilt or anything unlike peace. I let it go. It's not real. And I wait. I open. The true ideas that reflect reality are there. I just need to allow them. When I do, I look out on a healed world, a world filled with love, no matter what the appearance. And this is what is a challenge. But this is why I came. To heal and be healed. To end the cycle of attack and defense. It's not real. Only love is real. And that I see and manifest. So today, all things I think I see reflect ideas. What ideas will they reflect to me? How I feel will tell me. My brother will tell me. My whole experience will inform me. I choose peace today. I choose reality in every decision I make. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Regina. Thank you, Reverend Regina. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing Thank you, Reverend Regina. Thank you. Greater joy to know that I'm part of a group that cares about every single being that exists. There's such peace in that, and I'm just so grateful for all of you. I'm complete. Wow. Thank you, Chris. Chris. <laughs> Reverend Richard, don't don't we don't we give what we want to receive? I mean, I find that in my life, I um, I want to be loved unconditionally. <laughs> I want my ego not to be taken at face value. <laughs> I want someone to see through it. So what I want is what I give. So if I can turn around and love unconditionally to look through the ego, no matter what the appearance and see the reality,
then I'm receiving that as well. And that's, Chris, thank you for sharing that because that's what feels so good is when we experience unconditional love, whether it's from us or from, you know, we look out there and we see it happening, <laughs> one person to another, and it just warms our soul. That's why this group is so amazing. It's so comforting because it's, uh, it tends to open to reality <laughs> as what it wants, and that's what it is. So thanks, Chris, for, for voicing that. It's, it's, it's how I feel as well. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Thanks, Reverend, Reverend Regina. It's Paula, and I have Gosh. to say, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry I missed Chris, Chris's share because as we started the call, I got a phone call, and I want to share that call with you, and it's all about love and this course and how we our function, and it was my brother telling me, Again, that his adult son, who's had an addiction with alcohol and pills, is back in rehab. This time they'll keep him for 90 days. And he starts to tell me, but he promised, you know, and he was going on and on. And my brother and I, I have felt something with my brother for a while now because of what I'm learning through this course. I feel so good when I can listen to this man who's hurting and saying all the things that I would have said at some point in my journey and that I, with the Holy Spirit working through me, step back, listen, and then things I say I can hear how this man who had a pretty bad temper, he's mellowed, (laughs) how he's changing or listening. And I say things that come so, from so weird deep with my beliefs now, and it stops him in his tracks. And he listens and he says, well, and he wants to argue the point, but I don't argue it. I just continually just say things that are just coming out. And then my last conversations with him, he breaks down in tears. And I had to teach, or not teach, I shouldn't say teach, or help through the Holy Spirit to let my brother learn to love himself and to take himself off the cross and I feel so good and I understand so well what God's plans are not ours and I I see it I see it unraveling in this family dynamic with him, his wife, his other son I see it I see the change and I am so grateful for this course. I am so grateful where I am right now. We are here. This is our function when we share what we have learned or what we know 
or what we're learning, I am so grateful. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks so much, Paula. Thank you, Paula. Thanks. So moving. Yes. I have a brother, too. Thanks, Paula. Beautiful, Paula. Oh, this is Reverend Regent Joy, and I, I just wanted to share because it it's so close to, um, oh, it brings up my experience with my son. And I, it's so beautiful, Paula, that your brother cried because his heart was like cracked open and it was so beautiful because we defend against that. And in those tears, what could, what could be there? Maybe a feeling that... Um, you know, that he could have done better, that it's his fault, perhaps, or he just wants the best for his son, and now his, his son's going through so much pain, so who knows where the tears were, you know, what he was feeling and coming to, but it's so beautiful that he opened and cried, and you are so beautiful to be there and to be, all he asks is that we listen to the Holy Spirit and give away as we hear. That's why we're here, and so you listen and you give away. How courageous is that? That's so beautiful. And with my son, I tell you, um, and with these, uh, what are they called, uh, uh, you know, indigo children, they come in and there are souls that just don't fit because they have a sense of, of reality that's different. It's, it's not a nine-to-five world for them. And when we try to fit them in there, they, they rebel because it's not sitting with with their soul and uh, so there's a lot of angst and if they try to fit themselves in they they might turn to addiction and so with my son I uh, it's just continual unconditional love and, and acceptance and he he is so beautiful he's opening up he's he's opening up to his creativity. I mean, people could look in. My mother-in-law says, oh, get, he should find a job. That, uh, she goes, Jonaki. She uses my first name, Jonaki. You've got to do something. He's got to find a, a job. I mean, this is not, your husband's a saint, you know, and on and on and on. But that kind of thinking will just drive him right into the arms of addiction or death <laughs> or some other kind of death, whatever. So anyway, uh, he is opening now to uh, his, like I said, his creativity, and it's bringing, it's, there's so many uh, synchronicities that are happening in his life. He'll go to a meetup at the exact time that someone's there that he needs to meet for this project to take on, to take, take off, I should say. So it's like uh, miracles are happening. And I feel as though it's like an incubator for his soul is, is what I am here to, to, to extend. And he doesn't have to be any certain way. He doesn't have to be any way. He just says, I just love him unconditionally. And from that nest, from that incubator, he's listening to his, his soul's purpose and it's being manifest. But it's, it's hard, it's, it's hard to, to, if you're listening to the world's rules and laws, uh, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. So any, anyway, I wanted to share that unconditional love, and but mostly what I wanted to share is that you 
are listening to the Holy Spirit and, and giving away as you hear. And thank you. I, I am blessed by that. I'm complete. Yes, that's the most important thing. Hi, it's Rob. Good morning, Rob. Thank you, Reverend Rachel, and thank you, Paula. Good morning, Rob. Hi. Thank you for what you uh, for what you share. Um, I think it's important to realize that when it comes to when it comes to addiction, uh, so much of it is escapism. I mean, there's a there's a part of us that wants peace, and Lord teaches us peace comes from knowing the Holy Spirit, it's God. But if I'm in the world and it's attacking me and judging me and telling me what I should do and should get a job and should do this and should do that and should be here and by your age you should have this and you should be this, that that pain brought on by believing that is the reason that people slip into addiction because they're looking to feel good, find, find peace, relief from the attack and relief from the pain. And to have someone in your life that accepts you, that reinforces you, validates you, is less and less of an urge to hide in mood-altering, mind-altering substances. And if I'm busy in the world, and the world is full of all the things that the ego world offers, no wonder we're afraid. No wonder we're anxious. No wonder we're worried. Um, uh, the self-criticism, the attack, the, you know, maybe I am wrong, maybe this. So, so that has become not only am I, am I questioning what I desired, now I'm starting to question whether I'm, I'm even on the right path or sane or not. So again, to have someone to love you, to validate you, is so incredibly important. And that's why people seek out groups. Um, I mean, this is a little tribe that we have here, you know. I mean, as opposed to a gang or a motorcycle club or something like that, because that, that inherent need that we have to be a part of something. And when we're a part of something that is loving and encouraging and embraces higher truth and doesn't, doesn't ignore anything other than, than truth, because it's, it has a, a degree of, of credibility to it, because we can imagine it. But we know that it's not true. We can put it in its proper place. So again, any time that we can find someone where he speaks to help bring us a sense of quiet and calm, it's less and less need to medicate and go disappear you know, into into substances. So um, at least that's um, that's been my experience. My experience with it. Uh, um, interesting that the topic came up because yeah, you know, I don't want to live on It's okay as long as you know it's not real. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Um, it's Chris. There's a gorgeous TED Talk that's going around. I, I, I think I posted it in our Facebook group about this this lesson that we're talking about today that from you know, from a forgiving thoughts, a gentle world comes forth. There's um, 
uh, a guy in the UK that started studying addiction. And, you know, we've all been on both sides of this, I would imagine. And his experience was there has to be another way because, you know, what, all the research that we're doing doesn't work. And what he found was that, you all, we already know this, um, that he would go and sit with, with um, someone who was an addict and just listen and love them. And that there was no judgment and there was just this peace that would come out of it. It just, um, again, I just want to go back to what I shared before. I'm just so grateful to be part of a community that sees the world as forgiving and sin-free. It just gives me such great joy and peace. I, I can't express my gratitude enough. I love you all. I'm complete. Exactly. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. That was beautiful. I love you too, Chris. Would it be a good idea too, Chris, that we, um, for those that came on after we talked about trying to weave um, what remaining comments there might be about Lesson 325 into our practical call this morning, Um, just that we make people aware that we're casting an eye to 325. Some of us have felt that it's pretty uh, pivotal lesson um, in this course. Great. This is Carl. This is Carl. I want to just just uh, say one thing. Um, share something with you guys. I I posted it a few minutes ago on the Facebook page, and uh, as probably all of you know, I'm a big fan of Regina Don Acres, and um, she started a new um, weekly program. Uh, she calls it the Guiding Light. And uh, last Wednesday, her message, uh, which was recorded and I posted on our Facebook group, just falls perfectly in line with today's lesson. And it's really, really, really worth the time and listening to. Um, so I posted it on our Facebook group. It's related to today's lesson. And uh, it's actually a contemplation she did from the Bible on John 1, verses 1 and 2. And uh, it's worth your time. It's probably 50 minutes, 55 minutes. So uh, just I just highly recommended it. I just wanted to share it with you guys. I'm complete. Thanks, Carl. Hey, thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. I have a question that, that might... Um, stir some thoughts for all of us. Who has an example of where they were in a fear thought with in a situation? And just like lesson uh, 325 says that um, from a forgiving thought, gentle world comes forth. I know sort of like what um, Paula just shared, but who else has an example of where they've changed their thinking, um, their experience changed? I'm complete. I've got one. I do too friend of mine uh, who regularly um, took his um, friends to New York City was uh, en route to a concert and had um, gotten out of his car, found a parking place, and he and his date were walking, and there was a guy uh, 
big, fierce-looking guy, mumbling and gesturing and talking about how he was going to this, that, and the other, and the other, and um, the lady with him said, let's, let's go all the way around the block. And he looked at his watch and said, we'll never make the performance. Just, just put your mind with mine a moment. Come on now, we're going to see him in the light that the Course teaches us. Come on now, just join me. And she said, okay. And they walked toward him, and he turned to them, said, good evening, are you headed for the performance next door? They said, yes, are you coming? He said, well, not tonight. And they said, well, see you there next time. Walk past him. And as soon as it looked like they were separating from him again, he went back into his horrible rant about how he was going to take care of all of the this in the world and that in the world. They went on, made a performance. This can happen anytime you want it to. You are engaged. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Was that you, Anna? Who also had a story? Thank you, Rob. That was a beautiful example. Yes, this is Anna. And I had a wonderful experience yesterday. Um, I was walking to go um, pick up Jolene at school. And as I was, the school was about a mile from me. And as I was walking, there were police cars just coming out of everywhere, out of the store, from behind the store, a few blocks down. And I was very aware of something, somebody was running from them, um, which makes the person desperate. And, um, and I thought, wow, here I am walking through this to go get my daughter, and we're going to be walking back through this. And there was a police car that was stopped in the middle of Beekman Street, and I approached the car, and without, without any thought, I just looked down and looked at the two officers in the car, and they had a video camera, one had a mirror in his hand and the other one had a video camera and they were videoing uh, all the people in the area, including me. And I thought, huh. And so I walked on and I saw Jolene coming toward me and then she started running toward me and I embraced her and I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And, um, and the Holy Spirit said, Sing. And I had my phone on me, so I turned on my Spotify, and I started singing very, put one earphone in my ear, and I just started singing happy, loving songs. And we walked through in peace. And everyone around was, I could see they were 
concerned and frightened, people on their porches. I didn't know what was going on, but um, I knew that I was walking in a shadow. And Jolene and I were just lifted up into a peaceful, joyful place. No fear. And we talked and sang and walked home. And and there was such a relaxed place inside my mind. The gap was closed. And I understood that the joy and the love eliminates the fear. And it was a true blessing. And I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Uncomplete. Oh, nice, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. It's Stephen again. I've got something coming up, um, and this is this is um, two times about the mind. Um, I've, I've mentioned in many of the calls that I've been on this odyssey for the last several months, doing uh, thousands of miles driving and throughout like ten states, and occasionally I will misjudge where my gas level is. And one time was on Natchez Trace, going from Natchez, Mississippi to, to Nashville. And another time was near Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I say that because the, the Natchez Trace is a good example. It's very limited on and off access. And I missed on one opportunity to get gas. I'm going to just get it some myself. And then I recognize there's you know, gas gauges getting lower and lower, and I don't see any signs at all of, of being able to access this uh, this parkway. And I find my thoughts, I started inventorying my thoughts, you know how the Course says in the, uh, uh, in the workbook about see your thoughts as like a parade <laughs> going by, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the crazier my thoughts are, the, the, the more anxious I am watching these thoughts go by. And I realized that, you know, that, that there will be, I, I, can, I, can, I can have peace in the situation or I can make me crazy. And I've, I've mentioned several times that there's this little formula, if I'm sane enough to remember, that like lesson number five, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Then lesson 34, I can choose peace instead of this. Lesson 78, I let miracles replace all grievances. And then 194 is I place the future in God's hands. So as I'm anxious about this gas gauge, I'm thinking I'm never upset for the reason I think. Okay, why am I really upset? What I'm upset about is I'm, I'm mad at myself because I didn't stop and, and get the gas put or two. Okay, so I'm judging and attacking. My, if you'd only done this, if you'd only done that. So oh, there you go. There's self-judgment and condemnation in there. Um, what else? Well, you know, where's the fear coming from? If I, if I don't have fear, then I'm not going to feel these feelings. So where's the fear coming from? That, that I'm going to run out of gas and that I'm going to have to God only knows what to go get gas. And I'm thinking, well, I've got a, you know, I've got a gas can in the trunk. If I really need to, I've got a can to be able to go and get enough to get me up to this place. And so, okay, so it's really all I'm talking about is an inconvenience I'm talking about. Uh, it'll get thrown off by plans <laughs> when I expected small sailing. And, and, I, and okay, now, okay, so I'm not upset for the reason I think, so I can choose peace. So even if I do run out of gas, all I have to do is blah, 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 blah. 
which is, you know, again, it's inconvenient, but it's not a big deal. It's not like there's a threat. It's not like I'm, you know, in, in such an unsavory part of the, uh, part of a, a major city or country or something. I have to worry about anything. Um, so I can choose peaks regardless. And again, I haven't got any gas in my car, but I'm looking at inventorying my thoughts. So okay, I can, so I can choose peaks. And I'll let miracles replace all grievances. So I'll ask for the miracle. I'll ask for the change of mind. I'll ask to get out of fear and just in acceptance and that um, what I'm looking for will be provided for me. I don't have to worry. And even if it doesn't come in my expectation, the consequence is not all that much. So just relax and just you know, keep going. And, and, and I mean, I slowed down, turned off the air conditioner, those kind of things, you know, to make the, the, uh, the, the gas last a little longer that was in there. Um, but I asked for that miracle of change mind, that change to go from fear to, to love, or from, at least from fear to non-fear. <laughs> and, and then I just released it, you know, placed the future in God's hands. And I just need to keep driving forward and do the things that I can do to conserve as much as possible. And lo and behold, in both, both instances, you know, just as I'm getting into this place of peace, not too far down the road, I see the signs that I need to see, you know, gas ahead, you know, four miles or whatever the case might be. And, uh, and I get the gas station filled up and I'm going, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that I saved myself the anxiousness, the worry, the anxiety, because the reality is, is I got the gas station. So if I would have used that time from when I realized there was an issue till the time I got the gas, that could have been full, full of Did we lose the call? Oh, I think we <laughs> lost Stephen. Oh, okay. Beautiful example, though. Yeah. Think, think of what would happen when, when a large part of us would be thinking that about this situation or the other situation in the world. When, when all of those thoughts um, in number <laughs> uncountable would start to move a situation under the umbrella of peace. We can do this. We can start this. We are the start of this. We are the revolution of our minds. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. You know, this is Paula. And throughout the whole lesson this morning, and having read Sarah, and she cites, you know, the text, which is 21, the inner picture. I mean, the first two paragraphs in that introduction, I wanted to read so much during the, um, the workbook called uh, Power. Would you mind if I read it now? I was going to say, now's a good time. So chapter Thanks. 21, for those who want to follow along. The inner picture. <clears throat> It's in the introduction. Excuse me. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. 
Therefore, to you it is important. It is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but will to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result, not a cause. And that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. And in paragraph 2, it goes on to say, Later, you see, but... what the world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept as yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give joy must lie within you. I just thought that part, because I've always said in this lifetime, in this journey, like there was something missing. And I always felt it was the joy of life. Mm. Thank you, Paula. I love the part of that toward the end of that introduction paragraph that says everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. If I can allow for no exceptions to that, then it's pretty clear there's a different order of world available to me for me to relate to than the one I've introduced through my mistaken perceptions or through the thoughts and ideas that I've turned to when I turned away from the Father's thoughts and ideas. There's something very interesting I noticed this morning in the prayer from today's lesson. After having told me that what I see reflects a process in my mind that basically starts with ideas that I choose to value and that I interject between what's true and my awareness. So I edge out God's thoughts or his ideas and I introduce my own because as we're told in the Course, I prefer my own over the truth. And then I have to not only deny the truth but continue to Um, defend against the truth but after telling me the whole world that I see is the consequence of ideas I've decided to prefer so that I've edged out the father's ideas about myself and you and everything then in the prayer I'm told or it's suggested that I pray to the Father, our Father, your ideas reflect the truth and mine apart from yours, but make up dreams. Let me behold only what yours reflect, for yours and yours alone establish truth. No wonder he calls this salvation's keynote. What could I ever want in salvation but to successfully have my ideas edged out and my father's ideas replace them what are his ideas 
what could they possibly be but his ideas about everything that I've misunderstood and misperceived in so terrifying a way. What really had stood out for me today is that this is another example of where he takes a really fundamental idea, introduces it very early in the workbook, and then wraps around to repeat it with the fullness of what we've learned. This idea was introduced in Lesson 4. I mean distinctly in Lesson 4. In the recap for Lesson 4, which appears at Lesson 51, I read this paragraph. The thoughts of which I'm aware, I'm sorry, it's the idea is, these thoughts do not mean anything. The thoughts of which I'm aware don't mean anything because I'm trying to think without God. What I call my thoughts are not my real thoughts. My real thoughts are the thoughts I think with God. I'm not aware of them because I've made my thoughts to take their place. I'm willing to recognize that my thoughts do not mean anything and to let them go. I choose to have them be replaced by what they were intended to replace. My thoughts are meaningless, but all creation lies in the thoughts I think with God. Do you remember how when we first read that, how it's holy? Who can imagine what he's talking about with thoughts that I think with God? But having been introduced across the whole text to a process of correction that says, gently, I'll take everything you mistakenly believe that frightens you and I'll replace it with what had been there of the truth that you edged out. Because as he says, um, even in the recap on the next lesson about lesson six, reality is never frightening. Reality is never frightening. When I choose a forgiving vision, when I turn away from my thoughts of condemnation toward his thoughts of forgiveness, then I'm introduced to what the recap in seven suggests will happen when I really accept forgiving thoughts, accept my, accept my father's ideas instead of my own to guide me across this world. In the recap for seven, he says, when I've forgiven myself and remembered who I am, I will bless everything and every, everyone and everything I see. When I've forgiven myself and remembered who I am, I will bless everyone and everything I see. That reminds me entirely of that sentence from the introduction uh, to 21. Thank you, Paula. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. I love how he wraps these ideas. Thanks, guys. I'm complete. Great call. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Lee. Jesus promised in, this is wrong, Jesus promised in the Gnostic 
individualized sayings to each person that he was making them into a perfected, unshakable race of divine humanity. He says in the Urtext, you already know how to do. And I believe he says it again throughout the course. Listen and learn. The moment you decide to change your mind, a much bigger change happens than you realize. You are very powerful. And all he says, not that I'm creating you, I'm making you into. And that means you are going to subtract your chaotic ideas and come under the thinking of the joined mind. Because ideas are not thinking. This is repeated by Jesus on the Internet as Raj. Now, he says that's intellectualization of ideas. And this is how you materially change the world. You subtract what you were going to introduce as chaos, and you actually now introduce integrated thought and thereby doubly correct things, being now part of divine humanity. It's so marvelous to see it happening. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Hey, it's Sam. Um, I'd like to go back to what uh, Lee did for us. Uh, Lee, thank you for that um, beautiful integration of the early lessons uh, with today's lesson. Actually, thought you were going to start, which is where I started. Not with four, but that was fine. Uh, right off the bat, we are told that everything I see in this world is a reflection of the meaning that I give to it. That by itself, it has no meaning. And so I choose either to see it with God consciousness, with right-mindedness, or with the mind of the ego. Now, for many years, I was um, concerned about things like whether or not reality is really out there, whether it's really a movie, uh, whether it's a fiction, and all that. And through the course, I've come to accept that it's okay that the world out there is actually going on and it's not just the Fig Newton of my mind. I, I don't really want to go into the whole debate of it because the debate of that is thousands of years old and has been debated among all the greatest gurus. But one thing they're all clear about, 
and it's this, and it comes from the rules for decision. I'll just read the, the few lines. Today I will make no decision by myself. This means that you are choosing not to be the judge of what to do. Now here's the critical line. But it must also mean you will not judge the situations where you will be called upon to make response. Situations occur that presumably are not of my own creation. They just happen. I'm in a room with people in New York yesterday, and people are getting very angry and very upset with each other, and there's millions of dollars on the table. And I am being called upon to make response in a very tense and fearful world. And I can give that situation all the meaning it has for me. But if I judge them by myself, I have set the rules for how I should react. Like, what should I do now, Sam? This is not good. And then another answer cannot but produce confusion and uncertainty and fear, parentheses, in me. That's why this is salvation's keynote. I choose to see this as an opportunity to bring love into the environment. I can choose to create a forgiving world in that tense boardroom. I chose to bring love into that room. And I said, I am really grateful that we're talking about a deal which will bring millions of dollars to the investment bank, to my client, to all the many of the employees in the company. And I'm just sitting here enjoying the beautiful sunshine coming through the windows. You cannot imagine what a non sequitur this was to the prior conversations. Take my word for it. Because when Holy Spirit talks through us, the words that come out can be bizarre and off the topic. And yet, that's what I was instructed to say. I said, okay, I'll say it. We had a great meeting after that. Everybody relaxed. Everybody smiled. Everybody was caring towards each other. They weren't acting greedy. They weren't doing any of the things they were doing before. I gave a situation that I was called upon to react to, and I gave it the meaning that the Holy Spirit told me to give the meaning.
And that's why this lesson <clears throat> and the rules themselves and the early lessons and the recap that we walked us through beautifully, <clears throat> those have changed my life. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, Sam. That's terrific. That's terrific. That's Sam. terrific. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And you see, you make us understand that this is pervading all parts of our life because people like you will take the chance and bring it into what appears to be a separated, deeply separated part of the world, but it's just not true. It's just so wonderful you told us that. Thank you. I agree, Sam. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. That was definitely a miracle. <laughs> this is Ida, and I go to a mental health um, psychosocial rehabilitation center called Our Place Clubhouse about two or three times a week. And the psychologist call me high-functioning, which, of course, means that they call some other people low-functioning and people that. Like Adelina, when she gets really loud, when she's asking and asking out of fear, like the same question over and over. And first, when I met her, and this is not unique to her, I mean her, but other people there too, I, I was bothered by that. But I've grown to love her, so I see the love in her. And so I'm seeing it as a cry for love. And so that could take the form of my just being at the same table as her and seeing that she's doing and saying these things and not making any response, or perhaps one of the staff would make a response to her question. And it often does that right now. She used to ask me for little bits of money, and... At some point, I probably gave her some, and she paid me back, but she's not asking me for money anymore, but when I, now when I look back, you know, I see that as a cry for love, too. All the people, if they ask me for money, I'm walking on the streets downtown, and and I, I'm like, well... They think they want money or something like that, but I know what they really want. They want some love from me. So I don't necessarily hug them or kiss them or anything like that. But even if I'm saying no, and I'm looking them in the eye, and they're not like, they've changed. It's amazing how they change when I change. Because they're like being okay and that's all right and you know, not being hostile used to be my experience. So there's another miracle. I 
am blessed and, and to be with this group. And thank you, and I pass. So beautiful, so beautiful. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida, for sharing. You're welcome. This is Catherine. Um, I love Sam's story and Ida's stories back to back because we can think, or I should speak for myself, I can think that there's a difference between a boardroom where people are discussing billion-dollar deals or million-dollar deals or whatever they are, and there's a clubhouse where people are um, putting things together and, and, and working together as if that's very different or one's more important than the other. Or in my own little situation, what might be going on in my life, something I'm doing in my work or in my personal life. It, it, I put levels of priority or levels of separation um, I value them differently, and I apply different, quote, meaning to them. And I just love this call, um, putting that into perspective for me. Those were two perfect examples of the Holy Spirit speaking through someone, um, you, uh, two people allowing themselves to be channels for love, to answer the call for love. And it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. And it's such a good lesson for me today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Catherine. Yes, yes Catherine. That, that encompassment of the wit of the response that can come out to the world is important when viewing the chaos that can be changed into uh, perfect order, complete. And this is Catherine. I think I'd like to add something that I realized has sort of been on the top of my mind lately is this notion of asking the Holy Spirit, what's my assignment? What's my assignment in the moment? What's my assignment today? And there's this settling, this peaceful feeling that I am where I'm supposed to be. And part of what my ego used to tell me was, well, I'm not in a grandiose enough situation. I need to go save the world. It needs to be bigger. Um, so don't don't think that what you're doing today is that important. Just get through it, and then you'll figure out how to really have impact on the world. You know, and that's just my ego pushing me into the not then out of the holy instant, the eternal now. That whatever I'm doing, wherever I am, that's where God's asking me to be, and to show up in that way. It's good enough. And sometimes my ego tells me it's not. Not, it's not enough, but I've been settling in lately to my own assignment, which is only whatever's right in front of me, and just being calm about it, saying, well, th- this is it. What am I supposed to do in this moment? And trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm not always doing it, but I'm reporting progress for my willingness to be wherever I am and to just try and settle in, and all I have to do is be aware of the current holy instant moment and therein be 
satisfied, complete. Very soothing, Catherine. Very soothing. Thank you, Catherine. That's great, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. This is Josie. I was, um, you know, I mentioned on the the uh, workbook call, but first I would say I just I'm so honored to be around everyone. When you hear all the different sharings and you take it from the the bigger perspective of how how we're interacting. I just hear everyone interacting in so many different places. I mean, physically, we're different places in the in the country, in different situations. Uh, I was in Brazil this morning. I mean, all of that, and and I think to myself, how could I think for a minute that that we're not these beautiful souls that really are not in these bodies? Because look at the places that we go. Look at look at what we do and and like what I'm called upon and what all of us are called upon and we do it. And in those moments that of the holy instance that we're, everyone is having to hear it all just raises me to a place where I, I could really grasp onto the fact that if we were just bodies and, and not these great creative um, beings, part of creation, we couldn't be doing any of this stuff that everyone is reporting. So I'm just honored to be with the other souls that are working in the world. Thank you. Yeah, Sophie. And so so looking through into that which is actual. You say Jesus, but if you say it like the South Americans say it, Jesus then you can see that in the language that has become universal, English, that you are a you you are a manifestation of Jesus in He is us disguise. Looking just like all the others but knowing that if I join the Holy Spirit, I will not be part of the chaos and intellectualizing. I will be part of the correction, and the others will still believe that I am just like them, and they will see me in a beneficent light, and they will like me, and then they will think my ideas may have value. And in this way, he is us, is everywhere. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. And that was lovely, Josie. Thank you. Yes, thank you both. When we want to be, we are all the spirit of wholeness. This is Rob. This is, this is um, what Catherine was describing.
wherever you are, is a grand assignment. Your ego will think that it is minuscule because your ego wants its minuscule ideas to take over. But when you, in volition, choose to have the grand idea, you are never in grandiosity as if you would have been using the ideas that the ego wants to propound. You have chosen to ask the Holy Spirit, and then you are in actual thinking. You are modifying the world by joining. And that's just exactly the undercurrent idea. I'm complete. That's nicely put, Rob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's Lee. I, um, most of you know how much I love the 50 paragraphs that recap the first 50 lessons. But in relation to today's lesson and its practical application, um, one of them that really stands out for me is the recap for lesson three. And if I could only remember that whenever I'm feeling edginess or discomfort, terror, anger, bitterness, whatever I'm feeling that is, as the Rules for Decision teaches me, to monitor, distant from my peace. If I could just remember the recap for three that appears in Lesson 51, I don't understand anything I see. How could I understand it? How could I understand what I see when I've judged it amiss? What I see is the projection of my own errors of thought. I don't understand what I see because it's not understandable. There's no sense in trying to understand it. But there's every reason to let it go and make room for what can be seen and understood and loved. I can exchange what I see now for this merely by being willing to do so. Is not this a better choice than the one I made before? Isn't it wonderful that in Lesson 3, he's introducing me to the central process of how I find my way back to peace when I'm, when, when I'm in a situation that's charged or where I'm charged, just to ask that I be able to see everything in that moment as it is in the knowledge that if I can look past what the ego's scribbling all over everything, then I come to recognition of an order that I had completely overlooked. I'm really moved, Sam, by, I don't know why, but um, we've heard some wonderful testimonials. And I'm really moved by that account of where you were in the moment with things spiraling into conflict for you to be able to touch in 
and recognize that um, we are so powerful in being able to reinstate order by just touching into it ourselves. Um, it's been a great, great call. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, Thanks. really great call. Very special to be on this. And, um, of course, tells us that there is no order of difficulty. It doesn't really matter whether you're in a boardroom or in a mental health facility or just talking to a friend. <clears throat> um, as long as we choose the the one who can guide us into the light, into the truth of who we are, it doesn't really matter what's swirling all about us. It can it can be anything and we have the choice to make the decision from the place of oneness or from the place of fear and we're given that opportunity each and every day at least I am uh, and um, every day I get that opportunity over and over and over again to choose once again from the last judgment. So, thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Oh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Wolf. There are more, oh, sorry. There are more blessings coming our way. Right, Reverend Rija? <laughs> thanks, Chris. Well, uh, it looks like we've uh, come to the end of the uh, our time together this morning, and I thought, uh, I would end with a, a poem from Helen. And this poem was written on October 20th, 1971. It's in the early poems. It's called uh, The Early Poems. And it's in the book called The Gifts of God. And it's a, a really beautiful book uh, with her early poems and later poems. And this one just spoke to me this morning. So... Well, if we would just uh, go into the stillness, closing our eyes and relaxing and letting go. And we let go of all our service thoughts and open to the remembrance of why we came. This poem is called The Silent Way. choose once again for it is given you to trail the peace of God across the world without exception every child receives the gifts you bring and men and women turn to you in thankfulness with joy are you accepted everywhere for you have come only to bring infinity's appeal to those who are as infinite as he you come with memory of God in you to waken this same memory in those in whom it seems to sleep. The world would die without its saviors. Do not then deny your proper place, for Christ has called to you to follow him 
and choose the silent way that brings you to eternity today. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. 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 Nice selection, Reverend Rija. Yes. Thank you, Reverend Rija. Amen. 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 Well, everybody here today and everybody else here. (laughs) Thanks, everybody.